0: Where the miracle of pregnancy meets the reality of your changing body. Where taking care of our kids meets taking care of ourselves. And where the daily frustrations of feeding a family meet establishing lifelong healthy habits. This is The Messy Intersection. Hello, and welcome back to The Messy Intersection. I am your host, Diana, a pediatric dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mom of two. You can find me online at at anti-diet kids. And this is going to be a bit of a different episode. It is a solo episode, my first solo episode. And I'm going to tell you about me and my story. Um, maybe I should have shared this all in one of the first episodes of the show. Um, but whatever, the show is still young and I'm doing it now. Um, one of the reasons that I'm doing it now is that you may have noticed that most of my past guests have a story of disordered eating in their past. Uh, which is not only not uncommon, because at least 75% of women experience disordered eating, if not a full-blown eating disorder, but most of my guests have been dietitians, and the number might be even higher for dietitians, due to gravitating towards the field because of wanting to learn how to get nutrition exactly right. So. In my episodes with these past guests, I have said here and there things that indicate that a history of disordered eating is not my personal story. But I have never really delved into what that story is. And the more I do this, and by this I mean post-podcast episodes about how women are feeding their kids after experiencing their own eating disorders, or post on Instagram, hey, here's how to talk to your kids about donuts the more I realize what a unique and privileged position I am in to be doing this at all. And here's where I'm gonna start talking about me and my background, which I haven't done a ton of on the show. I think if you're a listener of the show, it is important for you to have this information. And that is because I have never suffered from disordered eating of any kind, not even for like a week. I became a dietitian because i love food i love sharing food with other people um, especially through cooking for them and i love the way that food can play a role in our well-being that's what i say now and that's exactly what i would have said 10 years ago when i first started down the road of becoming a dietitian Uh, becoming a dietitian was a career change for me i formerly worked in print magazines and it still rings so true to me now. That's exactly what I would say now about, you know, what it is that I love about what I do. It's just that now I am a lot more informed about the role that food can play in our lack of well-being, for lack of a better term, Um, basically in our, our daily distress, which was not something that was on my mind when I first started studying nutrition. I had no idea how common disordered eating and eating disorders were. But before I get into any of this, I cannot underscore enough that I now know that my experience of never having had any disordered eating would have been very different if I hadn't already been in what is conventionally considered a small body from the beginning of my childhood to the present day. That probably had more influence here than anything else, and it is very important to recognize that. So if you only take one thing away from this episode, I hope it would be the understanding that more so than any other factor, anything my parents did, any decisions I made for myself, the number one thing that protected me from disordered eating was already living in a small body and not being pressured by societal or individual expectations that I should change my body. Because even when I did gain weight, and I have, I was still conventionally thin. That said, in terms of the factors that were in my control, or even the things that started out really more in my parents' control and that I later adopted myself, I can honestly say it never crossed my mind to restrict my food intake for my entire experience of childhood up through high school and into college. Um, You know, a lot of my adolescent clients are in the position of, all their friends, all they talk about is not eating or how much they hate their bodies. And my clients want to break free of this, but it's just so hard when it's all around you. And that was not my experience in high school. You um, could do a slight sidebar here on me not actually having a lot of friends in high school, uh, but I will digress from that. Um, I did have friends in college uh, and some of them I now know we're suffering from disordered eating. And I think about that time in my life now with some regret, um, because although I knew it was happening, I kind of brushed it off as like personality quirks, like, oh, they never wanna eat cookies when we're having cookies, um, but not something that my friends were genuinely struggling with because I had no context for it. I, I, I genuinely couldn't empathize, unfortunately. Uh, but i do wish that i could have supported them better during that time Uh, but it also wasn't the majority of my friends who suffered from disordered eating um, at least not to my knowledge i went to college in new york city and i had the incredible privilege of enjoying a lot of the great restaurants there Um, not the expensive ones (laughs) i had very little money but you know hole in the wall cuisines from around the world late night pizza and falafel Uh, and i'm sure that all these experiences fueled my own love of food And after college, I continued to live in New York and this is when I met my husband and we would go out for beers and hot wings. And there was this one bar in Brooklyn where you got a free pizza with every beer you bought, which was just so great when you're young and broke. And we just, we thought it was so great and nobody was talking about the food being bad for us. I even had a chance recently to talk to two of my best friends from my pre-parenting days and they were like, Yet, it never crossed our minds not to eat all that pizza and beer, either. So in that respect, I think I actually lived a very insulated life in terms of really not being exposed to very much restricted eating. Even throughout my dietetics program, um, it might have helped that I did most of my nutrition classes online so I wasn't necessarily chatting in the halls with my classmates about what they packed for lunch and whether it was healthy and who's avoiding carbs. I just really did not realize how many people struggle with their eating until after I became a dietitian myself. I was in my early 30s at this point. uh, And I started connecting with other dietitians who had discovered intuitive eating. And they would post a photo uh, on Instagram of like a hamburger and say, you know, a few years ago, I never would have eaten this, but then I found intuitive eating and now I know that all foods fit. And at the time I was like, huh, that's weird. I've always eaten burgers. Like, what is this intuitive eating thing people keep hashtagging? So, I looked into it and I read the book. And, you know, when a lot of my clients read the book, every other line is like, wow, I didn't realize there was another way. I've never heard anyone say this before. I hope I can do this. But for me, when I read the book, and I really hope that I can say this with humility, for me, when I read the book, I pretty much knew what the authors were going to say next because it all made sense to me, you know intuitively (laughs) that what they were writing about was just what I had personally always done. So you'll see a lot of intuitive eating practitioners when they're counseling people for disordered eating they're able to fall back on that ability to empathize with exactly where the client is because they've been there too. And for a while I thought something was missing from me as a practitioner like I wasn't going to be as good of an intuitive eating counselor because I never suffered from disordered eating which I now realize is absolutely insane and we will find anything to be insecure about. Um, But I think that my experience of not having disordered eating really informs my passion for this work and in particular, my passion for pediatric work and helping families. Because truly, truly, truly I spent my whole entire childhood without either of my parents saying anything about my food, my body, what I should or shouldn't be eating, or even what bodies should or shouldn't look like. Once again, have to highlight here that my body was small, so of course people didn't have much reason to comment on what I was eating. And I now realize what a gift and what a privilege that is. It never even crossed my mind for decades that this was something even to value. And that's kind of the whole idea here. You know, we say we want to raise intuitive eaters, but really, at least for me, I want to raise kids who never think twice about meeting their body's needs with food that is appealing. And to not even think that any of this is a very big deal. Just, of course, we should eat this way. And I should mention that just because my parents weren't saying things about my body or their own bodies, it doesn't mean that I did not internalize anti-fat bias from, you know, the media and just the overall way that the world works. I absolutely did. And as I got more invested in weight neutral care, I have done more and more work to undo those biases. That process is always ongoing. Um, Super important for me to point that out. But so for me, no, I do not have a recovery story of having healed from my own disordered eating, but I do have firsthand experience of what a childhood without food and body shame is like. And I have realized that things that are second nature to me in terms of talking to my own kids about food, helping you all talk to your kids about food, are really very challenging for a lot of other people. And... That pisses me off. Uh, so I, I recognize that this is my gift and I am committed to passing it on to you so that your kids can have an experience like I did and hopefully not suffer from so much food and body shame. But the difference here is that I want that to happen even if they are not and especially if they are not in small bodies themselves, right? So like I benefited from being smaller so no one ever commented on my size or my appetite. But what I want now is a world where all kids are protected like that, where no one is told that their body is wrong. And as a footnote here, I now know that my parents didn't stumble onto this approach. It was actually very intentionally designed by my mom, uh, who grew up in a very weight-centric home with a lot of emphasis on dieting, uh, who recognized the harms of that and didn't want to see me and my siblings go through it. There's actually a bit of lore that she got one of Ellen Satter's books from the library sometime in the 80s, and in addition to the parts about not pressuring kids to eat a certain way, Satter has generally included in her messages to accept whatever body size results from a child meeting their needs via food. There was even a time when one of my siblings had gained weight, Uh, I learned about this after the fact, and my mom was like such a mama bear with like, no one better dare say one single thing about this kid's body or this kid's food. And it worked. That sibling has a great relationship with food now too. My mom was raising anti-diet kids before it was cool. Although I would actually say I was raised more of like a diet-free kid, which I'm sure was the best my mom could do at the time. Nobody was really hip to the term uh, anti-diet at the time. Um, But for me, the difference, uh, I have an Instagram post about this. The difference is that while the diet-free kid isn't restricting their food intake, um, you know, is accepting of their body, they may not also be working to dismantle anti-fat bias, you know, be an active voice and saying like, hey, (laughs) this way that we marginalize people based on their body sizes is really messed up, um, which is something that I have only realized the difference of in the past five years and uh, something I certainly hope to help you all with, um, with with raising anti-diet kids. So I definitely wasn't exposed to progressive thinking in that kind of way in my childhood. And to be very, very clear, I certainly picked up on messages that I'm still unpacking to this day, whether it was from teen magazines and only seeing thin people on TV. I mean, heck, nobody ever said anything about there being a problem with Monica wearing a fat suit on Friends, right? Like, I just thought that was funny and normal at the time. Um, So I still picked up on those ideas and no one was actively trying to help me dismantle them. Um, My mom, for as much as she didn't want us to have food issues, she was still dieting herself and I did witness that. So it wasn't the perfect diet-free childhood. Um, But I do want to circle back to what I said in the beginning about how I never dieted myself. That is true. I never sustained any dieting, but I can think of maybe twice, like maybe three times, um, because I have gained weight over the course of my life. Uh, I started out in a very small, straight-sized body, and now in my late 30s, I'm in, I guess what we would call a medium-straight-sized body, maybe. Um, Straight sizes, by the way, are a term used for clothes that you can buy at most retailers uh, before clothing is considered plus-sized. Whether or not it's the best term for that category of clothing or people uh, is kind of up for debate, but I will save that for another episode. Um, so my own weight has only ever trended upward, right? And because of the culture we live in, it did cross my mind several times to try to stop gaining weight. Uh, and so on a handful of occasions, I would say, you know, okay, here I go, gonna lose weight. And honestly, it never lasted for more than like, I am not even kidding, like 24 hours. I used to think that I didn't have enough willpower to be on a diet. And maybe that's true. Um, uh, but now I understand that that is not actually a bad thing. What was happening was, uh, I think, uh, my values of things like not being hungry, not missing out on good, delicious food, sharing meals with my friends. These values all overtook my value of being smaller. So I might think, oh, well, I've gained weight, but all my friends are ordering Thai food and that sounds really awesome. So you know what? I'm just going to stay in a little bit bigger body and enjoy this food. And the second thing, which is significantly more important uh, here, is that on an unconscious level. I knew that I didn't have to be hungry or miss out on the experience of eating with friends because even at a higher weight, even, you know, staying a little bigger, I still had thin privilege. I was still in a small straight-sized body and nothing was going to change about my day-to-day life in terms of how I was treated, right? So my parents weren't going to say anything. My friends weren't going to say anything. My doctors weren't going to say anything. People on the street weren't going to say anything. It wasn't going to change like where I could shop, whether I could go on an airplane That is a huge, huge important distinction, Uh, and I didn't know what thin privilege was at the time, but, you know, looking back, I can now see that that is exactly what was going on. And I do know that thin people still suffer from disordered eating, absolutely, but I think what drives my passion for raising anti-diet kids is this. I believe that all children should have that experience. All children, and adults too, should be able to say to themselves, yes, I've gained weight, and... It's a fact of life and I'm going to go enjoy this food and not be hungry." Um, Because right now, only thin people can do that without basically having to come up with some defense, right? Um, And many thin people don't do it anyway. And I want a world where every child and every adult can do that and not be subject to weight stigma and food shame. And that is not currently the reality. And it probably wasn't your reality, if you're listening to this, because statistically speaking, it's not the reality for most people. And I was out of this world privileged not to experience it, and I don't believe that it should be a privilege. I believe meeting your physiological need for food is every person's right, which is like such a weird thing to even point out. Like we all know that, um, but you know we're all so messed up with our food relationships anyway, right? Um, and. So here we are, Uh, and I am able to tap into my own experience of how beneficial and protective that experience was for me as a child, and hopefully help you put into place that same kind of environment that will give your kids this experience too. So there it is. Uh, It's kind of a weird story, uh, but it shouldn't be. And I hope for all of our kids that it does become the norm. So thank you for listening. Um, I hope you've learned a little bit more about what drives me to do what I do. If you want to talk about forging this type of experience for your kids and unlearning some of the diet culture mentality you grew up with yourself in order to do so, I invite you to join me in the Raising Anti-Diet Kids Facebook group. Um, The link is in today's show notes. It's a really great community in there. Lots of parents who are committed to doing this work and creating a better future for their kids. So I, I would love for you to be in that group as well. And as long as you're here, I have a really exciting announcement, which is that I am launching a new resource, which is a free newsletter. And I really intend for this newsletter to be basically like a hub of anti-diet parenting content. So it will definitely feature some of my content, uh, an original essay for sure, some links to some other things I've been up to. But if you're going to do this, if you're going to raise anti-diet kids, I think it's really important that you're also learning from people who do have a history of disordered eating and have overcome it, or from people who are fat, or from people who are not white like I am. So in the newsletter, I will be linking to resources from all over the interwebs, and you can check out whatever resonates most with you. The link to sign up for that is in today's show notes. And thank you so very much for listening. Until next time, embrace the mess. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.